Bam 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 Welcome back to Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less. Uh Uh-huh. But this isn't the real thing. No. It's not the full thing. No. We don't want to do that all the time. It's a a (laughs) moose-boosh. I'm going to moose your boosh. Okay. I'm loving it. Um, This is our weekly micro-dose. Oh, should we do that thing where we say the words at the same time? Yep. I can't gonna, see your mouth, though. Okay, that's fine. Here's what's going to happen. Okay. On the count of three, yep. we're going to say what we think these things should be called. Great. On three. And it's going to be the same thing because we're in sync. Yeah. It's going to weekly and then fill in the blank. Don't look at my okay. mouth. We're it's just going to say gonna it. It's going to be. <laughs> okay, on three. On three, we're going to say weekly okay. and then fill in the blank. Okay. One, two, three. Weekly, weekly fill in the blank. <laughs> I don't even know what I was saying. <laughs> weekly willing, I think I was saying. The weekly willing. That sounds like ugh, something that a church okay, would we do. We don't know. We thought about uh, weekly wellness shot. We thought about Sh- self-help, self-help shooters. shooters. No, uh, we don't want that. Your microdose. But then it sounds like we're a weed podcast, which is great, but it's maybe just off brand. So the bottom line is we need help. Oh, my God. Help us. <laughs> we need some self-help. Yeah. What What do you think these, these in-between episodes should be called? Would you please... Please tweet at us or uh, message us on Instagram or, yeah. or email us and tell us what you think they should be called. And the winner, uh, what we select, <laughs> will get no prizes. Well, maybe you get to pick the next book that we read. Oh, that would be amazing. Look at me. I was just shutting it down. I know. I had I had a plan. Yeah, but seriously, if you have ideas, uh, any anything at all will be better uh, than what we're coming up with. You can email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And our Twitter handle, if you want to tweet at us, is at G-H-Y podcast. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram, we are at Go Help Yourself Podcast. Yeah, so just find us. And if you have a brilliant name, please. Thank you so much. Um, okay, so Hi. Lisa. Yeah. Hi. Should we do a quick um, homework check-in? Sure. So um, last episode, mm-hmm. I assigned you a specific homework to state it and claim it from Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. That's right. And I wanted you to state and claim something mm-hmm. every day for a week. That's right. I'm curious to know, how, how'd that go? That's right. So for as deep as I am into self-help mm-hmm. and being open and mm-hmm. all that stuff— I fucking hated it. I, yes, yes, I was having so much resistance. Day one, I was just like in my car and I was like, I'm a writer and actor. (laughs) And then, (laughs) (laughs) I wish you guys could have seen the furtive looks she gave alone in her car side to side before she mumbled. Her commitment to claiming what she wants. Right, right, right. And then and then it got a little better as the week went on, but I found myself like purposefully being like, I'll do that later. You know, what? finding ways to. Yes, I'm so fascinated. It takes half a second to say it out loud. Did you, were you able to get in touch with why you hated it so much? Yeah, so I think is so. Is it me? It's me. It's, it's you. It's mostly you. That makes a lot is of the, sense. No, it does. And every time I was just like, God damn, <laughs> Um, No, I think in... Here's something that I have been trying to get to the bottom of for quite a while now. I have no problem saying out loud I'm a writer. I feel good about that. It, professionally, it's going well. That's fine. 
with the acting stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm the kind of person who I've been in class, some kind of acting class, since the moment I stepped foot in Los Angeles eight years ago. So Congrats. almost a decade. That's great. Hey, thank you so much. It's a lot of money. It That's is. why I am driving mm-hmm. a used, very used car. Thank you. <laughs> Gently used. <laughs> Certified pre-owned. Thank you. So, um, but when it comes to the acting of it all, it's... Part of me keeps going, okay, well, I really enjoy this. And when mm-hmm. I was younger, it's why I moved to Los Angeles. It's why I did all these things. So I'm having this sort of identity dissonance thing happening yeah. where I'm going, I don't actually go on auditions. I don't seek reps. I don't do any of the momentum creating stuff that I'm yeah. having with writing. And does that mean that I don't want it enough. I think I was saying this to you the other day. Yeah. Like, does this mean I don't want it enough? Is it fear-based or is it that I don't actually want to be an actor? I just really enjoy that and I get what I need out of class. But because I grew up with that being part of my identity so much, mm-hmm. am I afraid to give that up? And what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So I have yet to finish discerning what exactly that is. So mm-hmm. I... and. It's really perplexing to me because I pride myself on being in touch with my emotions and checking in with my body and taking quiet time to meditate and like get, you know, just figure out what the fuck is going on with myself. So the fact that I'm going, well, I don't know if this is fear based. I don't know if I actually want it or do I really want it? And this is uh, fear disguised as practicality. Right. But can I just say great job? (laughs) Like, I mean, look (laughs) That's not what you thought I would say. <laughs> no, I just love you endlessly because no matter what I do or say, you're always like, and you're killing it. Well, you are killing it. <laughs> I mean, look at the amount of time and effort that you put into trying to figure out what was going on. Sure. To me, like, that's the work. Sure. Do you know sure. what I mean? It doesn't matter to me if you figured it out or not. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would be weird if you all of a sudden were like, you know what? I said it out loud once. I hated it. And I immediately knew what the problem was. Like to me that that, I don't know if that would feel authentic to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting. So I think that's why there's so much resistance around it. And then I was at a party last night Mm -hmm. with it was it was weirdly like a college reunion Mm -hmm. party. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that. But there were so many people that I hadn't seen Mm -hmm. in like eight or 10 years in one place. So there was a lot of, oh, my God, what's going on with you now? Are you acting? What are you doing? Yeah, no, seriously, I'm so sick of talking about what Mm -hmm. I do for a living. But um, uh, I found myself going, oh, yeah, no, I haven't really pursued the acting. So I'm not really an actor anymore. I'm really just a writer. And then I left the party going, well, you're not sure, so why are you presenting yes or no Interesting. either way? So that's been on my mind this morning. That's so fascinating. Yeah. I'm really glad that you're um, curious about it and not judging yourself about it because— <laughs> Oh, there's some judgment there. Well, sure. But I-, I didn't hear you say, I woke up this morning going, that was dumb of me. Right, 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 right. You right. know what I mean? I was just like, oh, that's that's really interesting. I wonder why— I felt compelled to say that and not just go, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. I get Well, I get it. It's tough. I mean, everybody's got an idea about how this business works, especially when they're not in it. Um, Yeah. And so it's tough to kind of Mm -hmm. explain your your sliver of it. You know what I mean? It's (laughs) really it feels a lot like justification (laughs) when it shouldn't. I've never had. To, I've never felt like making an accountant explain their their justification for their job to me right. and like why they chose that and how could they possibly, you know, why does that make sense? And right. There's just an awful lot of that coming the other way. But I just think it's really interesting that you, first of all, thanks for doing it. Yeah. 
You're for, welcome. Well, yeah. <laughs> thanks. No, thanks for doing it. And and just thanks for being open to share what your reaction was to it. I think that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I want to be as open as possible on, you know, on this podcast, because I think I think a lot of people go through what happens when the thing you've sort of built your identity around isn't that thing anymore for you? What if yeah. it doesn't spark that thing for you? What if it does go away for a number of reasons? Yeah. Or what if you need to rekindle that because you've moved so far away from it? You know, I think that's something that a lot of people go through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm here to support you Thank however you. I can. Please let me know if there's a way that I can support you more. Um, you are an actor and you are a writer. I mean, less than 1% of actors work full time. Right. That's right. You know, so the yeah. f- and, and I would say... Less than 10% of actors are in an acting class. So I would say, like, you're beating 90% of people. Well, it's just so fun, you guys. It's fun to have a community and, like, fun to play. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my people. Yeah, yeah. But I feel really supported, Lisa. Thank you. Oh, good. Yeah. Should I let go of you now? (laughs) Yeah, I've, I've been in Lisa's lap this whole time. Sort of resting my forehead in the crook of her neck. Yeah, my legs are asleep. Yeah, it's very um, warm there. How was your homework assignment? Yeah, uh, uh, you, do you remember what you assigned me? I think I said, you've got to choose what pain you want in your life. You said, what shit sandwich what do you want to eat? And I was like, <laughs> I really, I'll be honest, I put it off for a little bit right. um, to figure it out. And then it kind of came very clearly to me because it was something that I already do. And that oh. I am comfortable with. And oh, I was great. like, oh, that is the shit sandwich that I'm comfortable with. It's already half gone. You know what I mean? <laughs> I've already I've eaten. eaten it every day. <laughs> um, and that is to become comfortable in the ambiguity, the not knowing. Absolutely. Right? So when I left my corporate job in the summer of 2001, and ha- I have not had a full-time corporate job since. Amazing. I, it is not for everybody because you do not know where the money is coming from. Right. You do not know where your next job is coming from. Right. You do have to hustle. You have to piecemeal. You have to kind of patchwork quilt your life together. And it is very uncomfortable. It took me a long time to get yes. used to that. Um, and and you know, as a freelancer, like it's yeah. just it just works out. Some days, some some months it ekes out. Some months you come in a little under. Some months you come in over. You know what I mean? Right. And it's about being really resilient emotionally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's so funny because I realized, no, that is the thing I'm comfortable with. Like, it sucks some days, right? Mm. I, I I don't think that eating a shit sandwich is fun. No, I don't think and it's And it's fun. not meant to be fun. No. But it's what am I willing to tolerate? Exactly. And I am willing to tolerate this. And I get it why some people aren't. Yes. I really get it. Oh, my it. God. On my worst days, I'm like, I should apply to Google. I, mean, I should be in a cubicle. I have a I thousand have health jobs. insurance. Mm. I have a thousand jobs I'd rather do some days. Yeah. But this is the one I want to do. Yeah. And, you know, I just have learned to relax. Like, I'm thinking about it and my stomach is getting tight, like, of like, oh, God, where is that next job coming from? Right. Where is that next job coming from? And I, I don't know. I don't know. Right. But you do work a lot. I do. You're a working actor. I am a working actor. I mean, I don't have enough money, but I am a working (laughs) actor, you know, but that's that's the job right now. That is the job. And that's the shit sandwich. And I'm happy with that. And you know what is really funny, Misty, because I just worked this last week and I was on set and I realized that that carries over like that comfortable with ambiguity tolerating discomfort oh my god yeah because you know there is time there are times when you get on set and there are people who are not great at communicating exactly what they want yes who are um uh and, and your job is to just make it work your job is to figure out what they want and deliver well and to relax in that moment right so if yeah. if 
the director or the cameraman or camerawoman um, or the first AD or whoever, right, is having a terrible day and they're sort of taking that out on people or just projecting Mm -hmm. negativity, you have to find a way, especially if it's a comedy set you're on, right? Mm -hmm. To mm-hmm. bring the joy and relax into it and make it fun. Yeah. And like, or even drama. Like, if my job is to cry on cue, I need right. to be able to do that. And if I'm feeling frustrated or upset or anxious that I'm fucking up, it doesn't make it easier for me to cry on no, cue. It so I think that's that tolerance of ambiguity and the, my over a decade of not knowing and becoming comfortable in not knowing yes. and, you know, being steeped in improv and like really embracing that and just like, it is what it is. And you can do the scene you're in or you can do the scene you want to do. And P.S. It's much easier to do the scene you're in. Right. Always. You know? yeah. yeah. You cannot white knuckle that. <laughs> no. And so I think that that really has helped me to just kind of be able to self-talk myself in the moment mm-hmm. and just give myself permission, like, you know, this is what is my job. This is what is not my job. Stay mm-hmm. in my lane. You know, do the best I can. Not everybody's going to like me. I am not for everybody. And I'm okay with that. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, my job is to do my job. I know I will do my job to the best of my ability. That's and all you can do. That's all I can do. That's literally the only part that's in your control. Yeah. And, you know, showing up. Because it's such a collaborative medium, like, it's not my fault. Right. It's not all my fault. It's not all your fault. If it doesn't work. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think tolerating discomfort or being comfortable in the ambiguity it's such a superpower because i think it applies to everything yeah. because even even when i when i had a corporate job and worked in a cubicle and had a routine and mm-hmm. knew where my paycheck was coming mm-hmm. from etc life still hit me with some crazy whammies I mean, and i think yeah. i think no matter no matter what your life looks like you have to learn to tolerate discomfort in at to some degree in every single area. Mm-hmm. What's going on with your kids? What's going on with your body? What's mm-hmm. going on with your relationship? Yeah. How's your how's your family going to be a year from now? You know, all of these things. It's like that is such an incredible I love that you came to that realization because that is such an incredible superpower Thanks. to go because it can apply to so many things. It really can. You go, I'm really comfortable I'm really uncomfortable right now. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, on Friday, I had a terrible customer service interaction, Uh-oh. and I wasn't comfortable in that ambiguity. I was hot, and I was angry. <laughs> so it's not like I'm a Zen goddess, right? Um, so thank you for assigning me that homework. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. High fives for homework. High five, girl. Yay. Um, well, if you did this homework on your own, or if you yeah. read any one of the books that we talked about and engaged in some homework, we would love to hear from you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um Email us. We'll mm-hmm. plug the email at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. I want I want to know like the most uncomfortable you've ever been Ooh. and how you just kind of like managed it. I how love that. do we manage? It's like every time I'm on a plane and there's like <laughs> world shaking turbulence. I swear to God, global warming has made planes more turbulent. I don't doubt it. But like sometimes Wind we're just shear, like they call it now. Oh yeah, it's more more difficult than turbulence. That sounds very dangerous. So yeah, like is that is that a time when you learn to tolerate well, that ambiguity? Here, well, here's the thing: is like my stomach clenches. I almost break my boyfriend's hand off, mm-hmm. and um. And it's like we're f- tossing and turning and sliding around in the sky. And you I'm talking like I'm talking it. when the flight attendants are nervous. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah. I looked at one and I was like, is it normally this bad? As I'm crying and mm-hmm. tears are streaming and down my barfing. face. Yeah. Yeah. And he he was like, no, it's really not. And yeah. I was like, oh, great. But there's nothing I can do nope. in that moment. Nope. But just relax and go, oh, this is it. This is it. And it's so funny. The last time this was happening, I was sitting the row in front of some little kids Every time we hit a giant bump, they'd giggle. They loved it. They were having a great time. They were on a and roller I was coaster like, mid-flight. I was like, 
Oh. Why am I not giggling? What am I saying? And besides, if we get knocked out of the sky, we got like 50,000 feet for him to like get it back. (laughs) I do love the way you adjusted. So you want to hear when people feel most out of control and how they cope with it. Yeah. Or just like how, how in any crazy situation are you like, well, okay, I guess this is happening. You know, like how does that go? And I would love to hear then um, times where you are... uh, do you feel comfortable claiming and naming? Um, yeah. And, or do you, or do even you in your solitary car, like I do, solitarily and furtively look around <laughs> as if you're, as if your steering wheel will be like, shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. My radio yeah. was going to be like, the fuck are you saying? Mister? <laughs> um, so I, I would, I would love to hear about that. And, and do you have any tips and tricks on how to hate yourself less as you're doing that? Yes, I also please. Hate Thank that you. Exercise. Yes. Um, so we have a couple more listener stories. Yes. For this week. Yeah. Um, do you want to start or should I start? Um, you start. You start. Okay, great. So this is from Sugar Daddy on Reddit. Excuse me. Spelled S-H-U-G-E-R. Sh- Sugar. Sugar Daddy. It's spelled like it sounds, which is always appreciated. So uh, the <laughs> Sugar Daddy says, one of the things I've read a lot is truly believing in something I want to change, picturing it and knowing it to be true True. Feeling it to be true. Mm -hmm. This is so difficult to do. Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So fucking hard. But anyway, this may sound unreal to you, but here goes. Nail and skin biter since childhood. Never (laughs) took true action to stop it. (laughs) I love how it's starting. (laughs) I love it so much. Fully addicted. Mm -hmm. Never had nails in my life. Weak-willed. I love all these just like very short and He's like, sentences. I'm just going to come clean. I'm going to tell he you exactly she, how I am. whoever or she. Very late 20s now, and this happened nine months ago. I went to bed and was feeling pain in one hand on two fingers as I ate them raw. Gross. <laughs> I love it. Whilst in bed, I remember thinking about what it would be like to have nails that are normal, and I remember picturing it and feeling it in my hands and fingers. I promise you, I woke up the next day and the biggest culprit, my index finger of my hand was always the first I'd bite. This finger had a fully grown nail. Excuse me. Overnight. No, no. Yep. I could feel the change when I woke up before I saw the change. I would never have expected this to happen, let alone on this finger. I know that it sounds unreal and I couldn't believe it myself. I guess it's either take my word or not, but I mean nails? Who would make up something like that? Sugar daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Um... Okay. Listen, if you don't believe everything you read on Reddit, I don't know what to tell you. Okay. Here's a story um, that is from my friend uh, Sada, um, and I love it. She says, once I tried to make 40 clove garlic chicken in a crock pot right after my husband and I were married. (laughs) I was so excited to make him a yummy home-cooked meal and heard all about how meat in a crock pot is so moist and delicious. Mm -hmm. The crock pot we registered for from our wedding is giant. Since we are just two people, I only used enough ingredients for us. Never having used one before, I followed the recipe, and before I put the lid on to cook it, I noticed that the chicken was not completely covered in the liquid. It was only 25% covered, so she made like a whole chicken. I don't think you have to – you don't have to cover it in a crock pot, though, do you? Well, they had the giant crock pot. So right, the liquid, it's like barely. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. 
But I double-checked the recipe, and I had measured it out correctly. Six hours later, it was dinner time, and I was so excited. But what waited for us was rubbery, white, tasteless mm. chicken breast. Oh, oh it wasn't no. even a whole chicken. It was chicken breast. Oh, no. So I could see the water barely covered it. Oh, no. My husband, being the gentleman he is, politely choked down his meal and said, no, honestly, it's not bad. She says, it's been seven years. I still have never used the crock pot. And I said, no. this is hilarious. Tell me, like, what is what is the lesson that you took from his other than not using the crock pot? And she said, well, I learned to let go of following the directions mindlessly. I got creative, and now I use my gut to make adjustments that will make it work and also taste good. Aw, isn't that brilliant? Sada, I just want to say, if you don't need that crockpot, I know somebody who does. So call me. <laughs> um, that is so. That's so because yeah, if it's chicken breast, you for sure need that liquid. If you don't have like the yes. fat of the chicken melting into it, yeah. the worst part though is like with a crockpot, it's like. There is this anticipation. You wait all day. You plan ahead. You time it. That garlic starts smelling like 20 minutes in. Mm -hmm. It's going to be amazing. That's one of my clearest memories from reading a book when I was little is the Ramona um, Quimby books. Mm. Did you read those? Mm -mm. Oh, my God. Ramona Quimby. And the family was like on a – and her sister Beezus. And they were on a (laughs) a really tight budget. And they had – her mom had made a pot roast in the, in the crock pot that morning. And when they got home, it had been a tough day for everybody. It was cold and windy oh. and everything. And they got home and whoever's job it was had forgot to turn on the crock pot. <gasps> and they all freaked and out. And the meat just went bad. Well, and they didn't know what. And so, of course, this is like, oh, Ramona no. was like, what's going to happen? And the mom was like, everybody back in the car, we're going out for pizza. And they like had the nicest night oh. and like treated themselves. And I've never forgotten that. Well, I because it Beverly feels Cleary. like a tra- yeah, yes, and be- and I think I did read um one or two of those. Yeah. I just don't remember them well, but like because it seems like it's this horrible thing, and then yeah. the family rallies and it's fine. Yeah, because for Ramona, she's like, "Are we not going to have dinner?" Like, Aww. oh my god, you and know? you're feeling really invested. Like, what would happen if you I didn't know. have dinner? Anyway, so thank you, Sada. I love that, Sada. Send me your crockpot. So this next one is um, from Kay, and the title is The Glass Tappers. Okay. Uh, So Kay writes, On this particular afternoon, something uplifting was about to enhance my perspective about folks. On my way home from a dressy function, I stopped at a restaurant to freshen up in their facilities. Feeling elegant in my blue dress, hairdo complete with snood. I don't know what a snood. What's a snood? It's it's like a 1940s thing. It's a, the little cloth, looks like fishnet almost, uh, that goes oh. around your hair bun that keeps your hair together. Oh, cute. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes me think of catering. Mm-hmm. Um, so feeling elegant in my blue dress, hairdo complete with snood, and adorned in modern sheer two-waist pantyhose, okay. which we all remember, mm-hmm. I sailed into the restroom. Freshening up complete, I regally made my way through the crowded restaurant and glided out the front <laughs> oh, door. Oh, come on. What the? A loud, prolific tapping of knuckles on glass stopped me in my tracks. <laughs> come on. We know what's about to happen. <laughs> my gaze turned back towards the restaurant window where four or five ladies from inside the restaurant were standing, 
frantically gesturing towards me, rapping loudly on the window glass and mouthing, attempting to warn me of what? Uh, we all know and I can't wait. I looked down, suddenly horrified. A good portion of the skirt of my dress was somehow completely hitched way up at waist uh, level, yes. tucked inside my sheer to waist panties, yes. <laughs> were which, which were at this moment living beautifully up to their <laughs> knees. <laughs> That is a beautiful turn of phrase. She says, I can honestly say I have seldom felt more exposed and embarrassed than in that moment. I hastily made the necessary adjustments, flushing with embarrassment and laughter. The takeaways from this experience? Strangers really are friends you haven't met, and they have your back and sometimes front, (laughs) even when you don't realize it's exposed. And never take yourself too seriously. If you do, the universe will kindly send you a reminder. I love that, and I just love the idea of women... Like chasing after her through the restaurant, being like, someone has to tell this girl. I love that, like, five different women were like, Excuse me, sister. (laughs) Yes, we got to help her. I know, I love that. Um, So, this is from my friend Tracy, um, who who knew exactly what I was wanting when I said, Do you have any (laughs) stories like this? (laughs) Okay. She says, I have started and stopped so many different self help schemes, I've lost count. Different diets from keto to vegan, all of the supplements and juices with a, just a touch of running and hot yoga when inspired. Amazing. <laughs> Which wasn't often. I hate running. I probably own 20 different motivational books that have the grandiose starts of my hopes and dreams in bold on page one and page two is empty. <laughs> I have downloaded all of the meditation slash mindful slash breathing slash bullshit apps a girl could want to no avail. Plenty of audible self-help books because a lot of the time I didn't have the time to help myself, so I listened rather than read what I should do. Amen. Okay. Yes, I feel you, Tracy. She said, I feel this sounds rather bitter, but I'm not upset about my lack of stick when it comes to self-help. I love stick <laughs> She says, I actually enjoy helping others much more. Maybe to my peril, but I'm okay with that. Maybe there's a book I can start and never finish about why I feel that way. <laughs> And then she says, maybe Amazon has made a lot of money off of me over the years. And uh, I say thank you, Tracy, because I think a lot of us really relate to that. It's hard starting a self-help book and either you're not interested in it or someone gave it to you and you're bitter about why they gave it to you or it doesn't kind of speak to you or it speaks to you too close to home oh, and yeah. you can't you can't keep going on. Oh yeah, and I I think one of the things that I'm sure we will um come up against as we're doing so many books throughout this podcast is that the practice of it is the hardest part. Yeah. Wrapping your mind around it is one thing. Wrestling with the questions is another. And then the actual practice is what's so hard. So Tracy, get it. Like, good for you for trying so many times. And I feel like what she says is that what makes her feel good Mm -hmm. is helping other people. Yeah. You know, and we all do that, I think, to a fault to some some extent. But, you know, if that's what makes her feel good, I say yes. I say yes. I say yes. And I say to everyone, go help yourself. (laughs) Y'all, life is abundant. It is. The abundance of life. The abundance of life is abundant. Tracy is the one, actually, P.S. Uh, Tracy's the one who taught me that when I'm overwhelmed, that life is beyondant. Beyondant. <laughs> so thank you, Tracy. I can't evenant. No, I'm going to take a lap for that one. Bye. <laughs>
Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.